the studio today is former Portland City Mayor Ethan Strimling to talk about Super Tuesday happening tomorrow, March 3rd, when 14 states will be holding Democratic primary elections and a whopping 34% of all delegates are up for grabs. Welcome, Ethan Strimling. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, following Joe Biden's sweep of South Carolina on Saturday, where he won almost 50% of the vote, Tom Steyer dropped out of the race, and then Sunday night South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg dropped out of the race, and you just informed me that... Amy Klobuchar dropped out of the race. We have to hope that before this podcast is over, there won't be another one who's dropped out of the race. So how does all this change the landscape going into Super Tuesday for the other campaigns? Well, you know, last time I was on this show and we talked, I said it was Bernie against the field. Well, the field has just gotten a lot smaller, and, and basically the field is Joe Biden. That win in South Carolina was just remarkable, and he fully met the expectations of what he needed to to get himself back in this game. It's still a long haul for him to get there. He's, you know, he's got some big hills to climb. We'll get into some of the details of Super Tuesday in terms of how many delegates he's got to pick up in order to really keep himself in the uh, in the game of surpassing Joe. Uh, sorry, surpassing Bernie. Uh, but I think that now with Amy and Pete and Tom Steyer all getting out. You know, all of their votes will not go to Biden, that's for sure. There's lots of split that happens everywhere in these kind of races, and none of them was threatening to get very many delegates, but it just makes the choice for voters much clearer. They're going in, they understand the ideological differences, and I think that will uh, bring some real clarity after tomorrow. Were you surprised that Pete Buttigieg dropped out before Super Tuesday? Very, and Amy, honestly. Tom Steyer, obviously, he had the money to stay in as long as he wanted. But my assumption is Pete and Amy were probably running out of money. But still, you're only 48 hours, 24 hours from the election. You might as well stay in and see what you can do. But I got to imagine there's been a lot of pressure behind the scenes saying to folks, look, if you get out now, it's goodwill. You set yourself up. These are two people who have a lot of future in the Democratic Party, whereas you know, Bernie, this is kind of the last stand. Biden, last stand. Bloomberg, last stand. Warren, probably last stand. Maybe she could run one more time. Pete and Amy, a lot of future. So I think they're looking at that. Now, what happens, do you think, in in Maine, a lot of people already voted? And, and yeah. the people who voted, for instance, for Pete Buttigieg, do you have any sense of what happens to their votes? Well, you know, if, if somebody already vote, do you mean do they go in and switch their vote now? Well, I, I talked to the Secretary of State this morning, Matt Dunlap, and what he told me was that if you've already cast your vote for Pete Buttigieg, and now I guess if you've already cast your vote for Amy Klobuchar as well, you can't cancel that vote. Your vote will be counted, and then the Democratic Party will figure out how they get allocated. But do you see um, th- th- these candidates dropping out? Does it help or hurt? In the other? Yeah. Well, I think Maine is still Bernie's to lose. You know, Bernie won it last time when it was just head-to-head against Hillary. So whether it's Bernie versus three or five, I think it's going to – he will still win the state pretty handily. I don't know where Amy and Pete go. They weren't – Pete actually was seemed like he was doing a little stronger in Maine, at least the last poll we saw, that Colby one you and I discussed a while ago or last week. Um, But I have to – you know, some of – I bet it will be pretty evenly split, but Bernie will still win the state. There may be some – you know, maybe some of those folks go to Warren. Biden never seemed to get much traction up here. Bloomberg was getting traction, I think, uh, through his advertising for sure, but his debate performances, I think, have hurt him tremendously. So I think the Bloomberg kind of folks are going to start consolidating around Biden because he doesn't feel like as much of an option. 
Amy and Pete, I think they're they're sort of I don't know where they go, but Bernie, I think will win Maine tomorrow. I'm I'm not sure though that just like before South Carolina, everyone was counting Joe Biden out, and now that he had this one victory, all of a sudden he's the mm-hmm. you know being hailed as the front runner. I just think so much can happen tomorrow that can change the landscape dramatically. Do you think still. still has a path? Well, I mean, the 15 percent rule says as long as he gets 15 percent right. in in states he's going to have you know a showing and um i think he has the money and the funds going forward and in the environment that we're in with the stock market and the card you know the Mm. virus it there's just so many things that can that can happen so it's still to me the jury's still out about what's you know i think you're you know in the national polls his numbers dropped a little bit but they didn't drop as dramatically as i thought they might his problem though is that he's like in california you know, you talk about a place where a lot of people have already voted. That's a place where, you know, they do a lot of early voting out there. So Amy and Pete dropping out is probably not going to have much impact. It might actually help Warren a little bit because she's right on that edge of whether getting the 15. Bernie will win California. It's just a matter of now it looks like Joe will definitely get over the 15 percent, and that will help him and hurt uh, Bernie's delegate allocation. Warren might get over 15. Bloomberg is still under it. But you know, if he gets a number of 15 percent, you're right. Uh, you know, as we were joking before we went on air, uh, the debate I want to see is Warren, Bernie, Bloomberg, and Biden. To me, that four of them on the stage, some clear ideological differences, uh, I think that'll be a really interesting debate. So I'm hoping the next debate is March 15th. So let's hope they can, uh, those four hang on till then. Now, uh, we saw in South Carolina, uh, Jim Clyburn, the House uh, whip, in the last moments gave Joe Biden an endorsement that many believe really carried Joe over the finish line in Maine. Do you see any endorsements carrying that kind of weight going into the primary? Like, for instance, Mike Michaud is working hard for Mike Bloomberg. Do you think that's going to make a difference in the second congressional district? I'm sure it helps up there. Um, I don't, again, you know, Bloomberg doesn't, I haven't seen, other than that Colby poll, I haven't seen, you know, it's too bad that there hasn't been more polling in Maine. You know, if if Janet Mills were to come out and endorse somebody today, that I think would have an impact. Um, if Shelley Pingree came out and endorsed somebody today, that might have some impact. I don't think that they're going to. You know, one thing you probably have seen as I have is coattails in Maine don't run that deep. You know, you can get a lot of endorsements from pretty high profile people, and Mainers are pretty independent. They vote for who they like and who they feel like is connected with them. So. Um, but, yeah, if, look, if Janet Mills came out tonight and said I'm endorsing Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or, or Mike Bloomberg, uh, that might have some impact. Sure. So you, you mentioned earlier um, just the numbers. How, how do you think the numbers game going into tomorrow is, is going to play out? Like, I, do you have any sense? Maine has 24 delegates to send mm-hmm. to the national convention. Um, do you, you, you think that Bernie's going to get most of them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, I think Bernie gets, I don't know if he gets the majority of them. I think he'll get double digits, so he'll get 10 at least in Maine, and then they'll be distributed. But now that Amy's out, um, they're really only going to be distributed. So he might get to 12. Um, you know, I think there's two things we're looking for tomorrow. One is who gets the most delegates. That's obviously very important in terms of the actual convention. But the other is who wins the most states. And kind of the way I look at all the states that are going tomorrow, the 14 states, I think Bernie's probably going to win seven or eight. I think Biden will probably win 
Well, you know, it's interesting because I had Amy winning Minnesota. So Amy's not going to win Minnesota now, obviously. So Bernie probably takes that. So I would say it's probably going to be eight to six. So Bernie will try to claim the Bernie will probably get the popular vote tomorrow and the number of state. Well, he'll win all three popular vote, number of delegates, and he will win um, uh, the number of states. That's my prediction. But Joe will be a lot closer. Remember, I think when we were talking about it before, I said that Bernie was going to be, you know, 300 delegates up after Super Tuesday. Right now, I think 150 delegates up is going to be where he ends, where he ends up, ballpark. And that's a lot easier for somebody to catch him than it would be if it's 250. And that's mostly because of California, because folks have gotten over that 15 percent. Now, Elizabeth Warren is the only woman left in the race. Yeah. But it seems to me the pressure on her is a little bit different than the pressure on Amy Klobuchar, mostly because Amy Klobuchar would could be um, accused of splitting the so-called moderate vote and, and therefore hurting the Democratic chances of winning if you believe that Bernie can't win against Trump. Whereas Warren is a liberal who is more aligned with Bernie Sanders, and so therefore I think the moderate Democrats welcome her to stay in the race because she dilutes some of the liberal base. How does she play that? Yeah, I know. I mean, she's she's in a very good position in that way. And and I don't think that she gets I think she's fine financially because she had such a rush after that first debate, um, after the second to last debate against Bloomberg. She's been just hammering it in terms of raising money. And it doesn't appear like she's taken as much from Bernie as people thought. So I don't know that there's going to be as much pressure from the Bernie folks for her to get out. There's certainly been some and there's all of that sort of infighting that's going on. Um, but I think she wants to stay in to be a player in this for a while. You know, I, I don't know that she's got another run in her. Like I said, Amy and Pete got a real future. You know, the four candidates left are all septuagenarians. Every one of them is 70 or older. And so this is probably going to be the last time they run for president. I mean, I know Bernie's running again, even though he's ran at 74 last time. But um, so I think that she stays for as long as her money allows her and as many delegates as she can get. And if she comes out of tomorrow with 100 delegates or 150 delegates, then um, I think maybe that leaves her in a place where she sticks around for a while to see what she can leverage. Do you see Elizabeth Warren, Warren joining the ticket either with Joe Biden or Mike Bloomberg as a vice president? Um, you know, I, I think I don't think any of them would turn it down, honestly. Um, I think uh, that I, I don't know that. You know, there's always this talk ahead of time that people will put together this unity ticket early, and it never really happens. And I don't know that it would happen here. Uh, I think it's kind of a, it can be a risky move. It's kind of presumptuous to be naming your vice president before you've received the nomination, and presumptuous to accept that. But if you're desperate and you're losing and you got no choice, um, I think she'd be an awesome vice president. I think she'd be a great president. Um, so I don't, if she were willing to do that, I could imagine. But um, I think, you know, own, it, it could only be, I know you think there's still a path for Bloomberg. I think his, his of the, well, of, of the four that are still there, Warren's is the hardest, Bloomberg's is the second hardest, but pretty far, both of them. Obviously, Bernie's is the easiest and Biden's is the second, and he's close now. It's no longer Bernie versus the field. It's Bernie versus Biden, as far as I can tell. And um, in terms of um, just your prediction about what the Republicans would be hoping for at this point, do they are they nervous that Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg are dropping out, or do they see that as 
a positive thing in in, in their you direction. Know, I I think that they're. I don't know. I mean, they remember last time when they were trying to do this to get Trump to not be the nominee, right? They were doing all of this stuff to try to figure out how do we get people out to consolidate and try to get one nominee against Trump and do all this stuff, and they were unsuccessful. And Trump ended up being their nominee and then ended up winning to everybody's surprise. Clearly, the the political science says the longer it's you know not decided on our side, the better. But I think last time it was proven that that really was not the case. So, um, sure, if I'm on the Republican side, I want to see Democrats eating themselves as long as possible because that's a that feels like it's the right thing. But I, on the Democratic side, I'm actually okay with it. I think after tomorrow, it's going to be clearer than ever that it's really Bernie versus Biden. Then it's really going to be a delegate fight from there, a good ideological conversation for the party to have in terms of what direction do we want to go, who do we think is the best standard bearer. I think that's good for us. Um, and hopefully through that process, we won't eat each other as much as, you know, perhaps happened a little bit to Hillary last time where, you know, even when it was clear she was going to be the nominee, people were still going after her and that did some damage before we got to the general election. Hopefully that doesn't happen this time. But I think it's always healthy. To, a, a battle like this is a good, healthy, ideological, who are we, what do we stand for, and what do we want to do if we get back in the White House. Who do you think Donald Trump wants to run against? I don't know. I mean, you know, there's all these theories that he wants to run against Bernie, but if he wants to run against Bernie, he should stop talking to him. You know, I mean, at some level, when he says, he makes it clear like he wants to run against Bernie, that hurts Bernie. So that makes me think he's sort of doing the, you know, he's too clever by half, trying to find a way to say, convince people that, oh, he wants Bernie because maybe he wants Biden. I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, I don't I don't really care too much who he wants. It's up to us to beat him. And as long as we're united in the end, whoever it is, and we do everything we can to turn out every voter we possibly can, I think that we will beat him with any one of these candidates. I don't think there's any candidate that we've put forward who uh, won't have an opportunity to beat Trump. So it's going to be up to us in the end to make sure that happens. Well, Ethan Strimling, thank you so much for coming in for a special edition of Keep Up with Cynthia Dill. I'm really excited about tomorrow. I'll have to have you back in after your trip to Cuba. Yes, I know. I'm leaving uh, in the morning. So I'm going to it's going to be tough to get the Wi-Fi down there. Apparently, it's not great, so the results are going to be hard to get. But Well, Ethan Strimling, thanks so much. Thank you.